Again, we're so thankful that uh, y'all are with us today. We are in the second part of a series we've just called Green Thumb. And uh, it is because at Celebration Church, we're about cultivating a life of growth. Okay? That is our one common denominator. Like I said last week, you don't even have to go all the way to say, yep, I, I understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't have to go all the way with, to hang out with us. What you have to do is say, you know what, I'm open. I'm still on the fence. I'm still searching here. But I, I'm, just willing to, I'm just willing to be around y'all and listen and see what God's word has to say. We're cool with that. We're cool if you've still got some doubts and some stuff going on. What we want to make sure is, is everybody is on page of saying, God, I, don't, I know I don't haven't arrived, but I want to take another step. And that's where we all need to be. And that's what this, this series is about, is about having this life of growth. And uh, last week we, we talked about prayer and how vital prayer is and, and that it is our communication. It is, our, it is where we begin our relationship with God, whether it is God, show yourself to me, and then, and then God, I, I embrace who you said you are and what you've done on my behalf. And then we, we don't just go, whoop, high five and go on from there and leave prayer. It's not a bridge we cross once. It is a place we live. And so that we, it's, we, we, <clears throat> we desperately have to keep prayer active in our lives. But then we also have to keep this thing called the Word of God. We've just called this miracle grow. And uh, why? Because that is the, one of the you know, famous fertilizer, fertilizers. And it was uh, invented just right down the street from us here in, uh, in West Texas in the Ballinger area, and uh, we, uh, uh, that is what we need. We need this stuff that feeds us and makes us be all that we are called to be. So crack open your notes, get your pen, we're going to roll through this. That uh, <clears throat> in the pursuit of cultivating a life defined by growth, you know, there's a lot of things you can be called, but man, I want to be, I said, wow, Brandon, you know, you're a little further down the road. A year later than you than it were last time I saw you this time. I, that's, the, that's the kind of guy I want to be. If you're like, man, Brendan, you're really taking a step back. You know, that, that's, not, that's, that's not who I want to be. We want our lives to be defined by growth. But with that, there are some key things that we need to do. It's not just this concept. It's this life. And we have to keep these things rolling in our lives for them to flourish. And knowing what God has to say is vital. It's key. It's one of those things that keeps everything ro- <coughs> going and moving forward. See, on this wonderful planet, you grab I- any known planet right now, any known planet, and Earth is unique in the fact that we've got growing stuff on it. Whether you just take it all the way back to an amoeba, a little blade of grass. We are unique in the fact that that happens on this planet. And with anything that grows, anything that, that, that develops and, and, and propagates and, and reproduces, all of them eat. Everything that grows eats. Everything. And it takes something in. And produces something. But we, for it to grow right, it's got to be eating the right stuff. And you and I need to be conscious about 
feeding on true spiritual food. You and I have to get up in the morning and we have to remind ourselves that we are spirit being first. That I am a spirit. I live in this body and I possess a soul. But, uh, that, <clears throat> but we are a spirit first. That's the eternal part of us. So you know what? We need to make sure that we are nourishing that which is going to last instead of focusing on the other stuff that, yeah, it's, it's important. We've got to you know, put some fuel in the tank. We've got to do some of those kind of things. But we need to keep our focus on eating the right stuff. Matthew 4.4. 4. Jesus answered and says, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is what we live on. Now, folks, this isn't just a cute little metaphor. Okay? This is the truth. This is something we embrace big time. Okay? I want you to just, just glance. Just open your bulletin all the way. I want you to look at it. Okay? And out of a percentage, there are words that I wrote, and there are words that God wrote through people. Scriptures. Okay? As a percentage, would you not say that the bulk of what we put in there is stuff that I didn't write? Yes. Okay, if this is your first time, you're like, okay, wow, he did it for today. No, if those of y'all that have been around know that we keep this thing. You come every week and it will be chock full of the Word of God. We just go over Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. I don't say anything if we don't back it up by Scripture. And you're like, why do you, are you not very creative, Brandon? Well, maybe not. But we don't have to because God's already said the truth. So that's what we go to. That is what we go to. Even when Jesus was tempted in, in the desert, he's God. He could have just got some new stuff. But he quoted what was already written. He says, it is written. That is why we chew on the word. We look at the word. We study the word. We ingest the word. Why? I'm apparently getting texted. That is funny. Put my phone away. And uh, it, because it's vital, folks. This is what we, this is what we, we, we eat, sleep, and breathe. All right. I, I want you to think. Okay, let's just think of our own bodies. We've got, we've got to eat. I bet the bulk of you ate something before you sat in that seat. Whether it was one of those highly nutritious donuts we provide. Wonderful fuel for your body. Uh, or maybe something a little more. Uh, nourishing uh, at home or a stop-in route. Uh, but you, I bet the bulk of you, a lot of you probably skipped breakfast and whatnot, but a lot of y'all ate something, and I guarantee you, you have already thought about lunch. You've already thought about it. You, you've, and, and if not, the closer the, the little thing moves, you're thinking about it and thinking about what you're going to put in your tank. Why? Because it's vital. We, we have to do it. Because there are things that our body needs as we're growing, as we're using, as we're functioning. There are things that, that get burnt up and used. Okay? Our muscles. Our muscles are made of protein. They have all the wonderful little amino acids and stuff that are the building blocks of them and whatnot. So guess what? Most of us consume some meat. Let's God, especially in Texas. Eat meat. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We consume some sort of protein, whether you're uh, a vegetarian, some of those in the house, you have some soy or some tofu or something with some, but with some protein in it. Why? Because our muscles are made of it. 
and they need it, okay? We've got this thing hanging up inside our head, okay, this brain that some of us use some of the time, okay? And uh, we're trying to use it more. My wife tells me, Brandon, please just think. Just think. Is that not a quote of yours, dear? Okay. I've heard it before. And, um, and I do. I need to, I need to think. And it, it's, a good, it's a good, good thing. And, uh, you know, there for a while, as people were wanting to, to lean this out and get all ripped, there for a while, people were on these big old, like, no-fat diets, just cutting the fat, just getting it out of there and all. And then we began to see, wait a second, that's jacking up our brain. Because guess what? We found that our brain has a whole lot of fat in it. It's built out of fat. It has a lot of good, healthy cholesterol in it. And you start cutting all of that out, and it starts jacking with your brain. Why? Because you're, you need it. So being called a fathead is a compliment. You got a well-nourished brain. Thank you, dear. No, she's never called me a fathead. Um, but we need it. So you need some cholesterol. You need some good fats to keep your brain healthy. Why? Because it's made of it. You've got to put it in because it is made of it. Your muscles need it. We need these different things put in us. I didn't put it in your notes, but uh, if we pulled up Genesis 1-3, then we will see that everything that we deal with, including you and I, was made of something. It was made with the very words of God. See, God spoke this planet into existence. He spoke light into existence. He brought and spoke all of creation into existence. That's why this isn't a cute little metaphor. Man doesn't live on bread alone. Oh yeah, because I, I eat three times a day, so I probably ought to read the Bible three times a day. Oh, it's a cute little metaphor. No, it's you eat because you're made of that stuff and you need it to put in to be healthy and to grow and all that. We need the Word of God because God made us with His Word. It builds our spirit up. Whenever we get away from the Word of God, whenever we begin to distance ourselves from that, when we don't embrace it, and I'm not just saying like grab your Bible and lay it on your face, or just, I'm talking about ingesting it on purpose. You know what? I I can rub bread on my arm all I want. But until I eat it on purpose, I'm not going to get any of the benefits of it. I can go hug a cow all day. But until that cow dies... (laughs) That was funny. My wife said, watch it. When I said, hug a cow all day. That was funny, dear. She got jokes today. My wife is pregnant. Weeks away, bless God. And, um, and she's had to eat. Why? Because that baby's is being, it's made of those things she's having to put in her body. Folks, we have to ingest the Word of God. It's not just to go through little spiritual things. It's not just God said, I said it so you better know it. And that's just part of your religious practice. No, folks. We are spiritual beings. We were created. We were spoken into existence. Science is finding that sound waves are more a part of concrete matter than they ever knew before. 
That there when you begin to look at these quarks and all of these little things and these fine little bitty, fine little bitty, um, <clears throat> when you get into micro uh, physics and anatomy and all that, you break atoms down and then they get into quarks and all this stuff, that there are sound waves there. I bet if we could listen to it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we'd get the voice of God right in the middle of every piece of matter that exists in the universe. We need it. This is what God has said, and it is true nourishment to us. We have to do this, folks. Acts 20, verse 32, it says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Romans 15 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 2 Timothy 3, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we see in Acts chapter 2 that the early church That, man, when the early church was brought in to existence, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Studying these things are just, it's just part of us growing. It's not a big, heavy religious duty any more than you having breakfast is some big, heavy duty. It's just part of being alive and growing You put the building blocks in to grow. It is just the way it is. And folks, choosing to study God's word is choosing to build your life on the things that last. It's just, it is. It's just choosing to build your life on the things that last. Do if anybody's remodeled, ever remodeled a house? I tell you what, it is, it is an iffy thing. You just have to know it going into it. If you go with the front-lined, hot, trendy stuff right now, what's cool and awesome and all that kind of stuff right now, that you just have to be prepared in 15 years to hate it. Why? Because things change. And so you build something like a, this house and you invest all this stuff into it and then tastes and fashion and all of these different things shift and all of a sudden with something, we, the beautiful thing is the Word of God doesn't do that. Let, let's, look at, <clears throat> let's look at this. Um, it says, Jesus says in Matthew 24, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know what? Circumstances shift. Why would we build our life based on circumstances? More than likely, your life has been better than it is at the moment and worse than it is at the moment. More than likely. You're probably not at your pinnacle or at the deepest point ever. Some of you may be, but odds are, no. And so, guess what? We don't build based on circumstance. We don't build based on circumstance. We build on the truth of God's Word and we watch circumstances come and adjust to it. That is the life of a believer. And it has to be something we choose on a regular basis. Psalms 119. The psalmist is saying, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not miss what you have chosen for me. A sin is just to miss the mark. God, you've laid it out what you want for me. I'm studying your word so that I hit it. 
because you're just smarter than me because you know what's best for me. I just want to hit that. It's one of the reasons we have the, our, our daily Bible reading and we kick that up every January and we remind people and we have that push. Hey, let's stick the word of God in us on purpose. Whether you just read through the New Testament in a year or you read through the whole Bible in a year or whatever, there, there's that. And then we have on our blog and on our Facebook, we have people who've kind of, who've read it and comment on it and have some ideas of what spoke to them and maybe something else speaks to you. But that's, that's one of the reasons we have that resource is, is that as a community to be reminded of those different things. <clears throat> Psalms 119.15 says, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I meditate. I think on them. I mull it over. I kick it around. <clears throat> Verse 16 says, I delight in your decrees. I will not Neglect your word. Our Bibles shouldn't be dust collectors. That'll be cracked open. That'll be used. So, I always have my Bible up here with me, and I got in a hurry, and my Bible wasn't in my bag. Because my Bible was out. It was being used, and I forgot to put it back in there. Not pat myself on the back, but that's just, it was, I've never forgot my Bible on a Sunday, and it's just funny. That I show up on a Sunday, I'm preaching on the Word, and I don't have my Bible. You know, and God was like, it's okay, you were using it. It's okay. All right, thank you, God. Um, we want, we, it's just, it's just vital. Romans 10.8 says, what does it say? The Word is near you, it is in your mouth, it is in your heart, that is the Word of faith that we are proclaiming. How on earth does it get in our mouth and in our heart? I was putting it in us on purpose, folks. That's how it happens. And so as we begin to find out what God has to say, that the, we use this, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, the, this, these kind of big catchphrases, things that kind of... It's just what God has to say. It's just what He said. That's all, that's all we're doing. We're just finding out what God has to say. And as we find out what God has to say, we begin to, to know God better. This isn't the first time you've ever heard me say this. We want to know God better and we want to trust Him more. And knowing Him better should lead to trusting Him more. And this knowing and trusting will always produce when we're really trusting, because we're like, aha, this works, I'm going to do it. When we're really trusting, we, it, it, just, it does. As we begin to lean on it, it always has some new level of doing. Always. It always comes in and we begins to change the way we operate. Why? Because ah, it's, it's right. God, you're just, you're just right. And so I begin to shift my choice patterns and all of those different things. James tells us that uh, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know? This little exercise right here, this thing uh, showing up on a Sunday and listening to what the preacher has to say and, and not immediately going, that's stupid. Um, you know, and just listening and kind of tolerating and being a part. We can, we can fall into this, folks. We can fall into that place where we listened to it and kind of gave mental assent to it. And yeah, it's, I don't see anything wrong with what he said this morning. It's all right. And, uh, and, and so we deceive ourselves that we really embraced it. 
But we haven't really embraced it. Let we begin, allow God to, through it, begin to change the way we see Him and see ourselves. And it begins to change what we do. If we begin to do what it says. Now, uh, lately, my boys have gotten into uh, parkour. Anybody familiar with parkour? Yeah. Or free running or any of this stuff. It's, um, it's basically like a, a bunch of guys who just, uh, they just never grew up and decided, you know, they love to jump over stuff on the playground. So now they just jump over stuff wherever they can find it. And uh, it, it's just, it's really cool. It's very acrobatic. It's very aggressive. I wish I'd have brought a little bit of footage with me. But anyways, it's, uh, um, they're using it more and more in movies and stuff just because it's incredible to watch where you, you blend gymnastics and, and track and field. And uh, it's this beautiful thing where they just catapult themselves over walls and do all this stuff. And, and we like to, to watch um, these YouTube videos of these people doing parkour in parks and around the house, and people are doing crazy stuff. I mean, stuff that's just, you're like jumping off of two-story houses and hitting the ground and doing a tuck roll and taking off running. I mean, just crazy stuff, backflips off of these super tall things and just in, insane stuff, and it's just fun to watch. And, uh, but what's cool is, is that those videos, can we, can we can decide, okay, we're done watching these little parkour videos, and I'm telling you, you can just about count to 60. Give it a minute. And I'm going to have one of my children come run through my house. And they're going to bail over something. They're going to jump off the stairs. And all of a sudden, we have a pier and beam house. It sounds like the house is coming down. And then they jump over the, the arm of the, the, the couch. And then they're doing these tuck rolls and just running full speed through the house. You're like, what are you doing? And then I remember, and mom doesn't understand it. The boy's like, yeah, it's awesome. And uh, mom and the cutie's like, quit that. Quit running through the house. Like, they're just doing parkour, baby. You know, it's okay. It's parkour. It's cool. And, uh, but that being exposed to it and embracing it and really going, man, that is, that, that is awesome. You begin to want to do the stuff. You begin to want to do the stuff. You begin to go, I wonder if I can jump off of this, if I can flip off of this. We're trying to get ready for a little, a little race in, uh, in, uh, later this year. And so my, me and my boys are going to do it. And they, I can just, if I say, hey, y'all want to go run? Mm, maybe a response, maybe not. So y'all want to go do parkour? Boom! Shoes on, we run, run two miles, and they're jumping over rocks, barrel rolling through somebody's front yard, all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> And just having a great time. All of a sudden, it's just different. Because they want to do the stuff. You know what? God put this in here. And as we read it, it ought to make us want to do the stuff. It ought to make us go, God, I want to love like that. I want to forgive like that. I want to live like that. I want to give like that. God, I want to be like that. You said greater works will we do than you did. God, I want it. That's what being exposed to this do. It all, we embrace it. We know Him. We trust Him. And it ought to make us want to put it on the ground and do the stuff. See, again, we see in, in, in Psalm 119 later on. It says, Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. This is one of the cool things about watching these parkour guys go. Because, man, just in, nothing gets in their way. Nothing stops them. They just bail over stuff. Jumping over hedges. Bailing out of parking garages. And doing 
insane stuff. Nothing gets in the way. Nothing offends them, stops them. When we begin to really love and understand what God has to say, we don't hit, say, hit the same hiccups we used to have. The stuff that used to run our day don't run our day anymore. God says, it's where well, I'm cool. Who cares that my boss came in their cranky pants today? You know, cutie the other day, she said she doesn't have to put on her nice pants anymore. She's pregnant. They don't fit. <laughs> I'm just quoting her. But, uh, you know, we, we ought, it ought to, when we, when we really begin to embrace what God has to say, it changes everything. The message translation says, for those who love what you reveal, what God himself begins to show, everything fits. No stumbling around in the dark for them. God leads us by his word. The King James says, Great peace of those who love your law and nothing shall offend them. Woo! Man, we need that. We need to not be easily offended. We need to get that one deep in our hearts. Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God directs and shows us how to go and how to live i'm telling you one of the us ending up doing what we're doing right here that god spoke to me out of a passage i'd read a kajillion times second kings and all of a sudden revealed something totally different to me than i'd ever seen and all of a sudden the whole path of our lives celebration church wouldn't have even existed had god not begun to speak to me out of his word John 8, 31 says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really, really my disciples. See, we begin to really put God's word into practice. We begin to want to do the stuff. We begin to trust him on that level. This breaks the cycle of us just spinning our wheels and getting nowhere. Just getting in that little Christian hamster wheel. And get nowhere. Because knowing the truth frees us from that. We begin to put something different into in, practice. We begin to live life on a, from a different perspective and a different level. And we see an opportunity and we see a choice we never saw before. Sometimes we make the same dumb choices because we don't see another one when we get back to that same opportunity. But God's word re- reveals a new choice. John 8, 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and that truth will set you free. And then we close down with Hebrews 4. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. This is why we need to put this... And read this because it begins to, we begin to deceive ourselves a little bit. We begin to think we're one way and God's word says, "Eh." let's look at this clearly here. And it it separates, begins to show us, yeah, that's, nah, you think you're going this way, let's go this way. God's word lovingly, lovingly, beautifully guides us. Knowing what God has to say is one of those things that just keeps us growing. It is a crucial, vital part of building a move forward kind of life. It's just, it's just, you can't leave it out. You got to have prayer. You got to have prayer. And then you've got to have put in the word of God in you. Not just out of religious obligation, but out of this place that that's where I draw nourishment. 
That's where I draw guidance. God's going to speak to me, and I'm excited about that. I tell you, I can challenge you to embrace the Word of God on a new level. Maybe some of you have been in it for decades. Maybe some of you are brand new and, brand new and, and, and intimidated by reading the Word of God. Just, just open yourself up to it. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. God, you teach you. He will. He will. And this morning we want to make sure we give opportunity. Because as we <clears throat> looked at with our giving, that uh, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all we've got to do. Whether it's for the first time and embracing, embracing the free gift of life that God has made, of, of separating us from the punishment that our mistakes and sins have brought on us and giving us new life, that, that salvation. Or maybe you're at a place of just needing some, a fresh start. Call on the name of the Lord. You'll be saved. You'll get that fresh opportunity. This morning, I want to focus in this moment. I want to focus on those who need to embrace Christ as forgiver, redeemer, 